You are listening to Sister Speak Life with your host, Marlene Paul. There's a different level of faith that was required of me to trust God, even when I couldn't control or manipulate the situation. And I think that that has actually kept me in an even better way during this pandemic than some of my friends. Wow. Welcome to this episode of Sisters Speak Life, and we are so glad to have you here as part of our community, listening to these wonderful stories shared by such inspiring women of God. On today's episode, we have a conversation that Erica and I had with Dr. Teresha Lee. It was such a fun episode to record, and I can't wait for you to hear this conversation. Before we begin this episode, I would like to remind you of a few things. First of all, if you haven't invited a friend to listen to this podcast, please share this episode with a woman that is in need of encouragement of the soul, of the spirit, of the minds. Also, if you haven't left us a review yet, please take the time and leave us a review to let us know how this episodes that we've been sharing have been encouraging your soul. And lastly, if you are not a part of our community yet, our Facebook community, please join our community. We are more than just a podcast. We are a community of women that is inspiring and encouraging each other to live a spiritually balanced life. And we would love to have you as part of our community. Now let's get to today's episode with Dr. Teresha Lee. And I hope it encouraged your soul. She shared a little bit about her journey through motherhood and how the differences between how it was before and how it is now and how to parent during a pandemic. So let's get to today's episode. So yeah, we're just having a conversation and just talking about her wonderful story about who she is and all her multifaceted things. I'm using your key word. <laughs> I love it. I love it. We're just happy. How are you doing? Um, really? Oh, well, you know, listen, I tell people all the time, party training and pandemic should not go together. It, it just should not. Mm-hmm. So who is winning? You know, pandemic or potty training? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I know it's not me. I know I'm not winning. <laughs> she wrote a blog called The Pot yeah. and the Pan. Oh my goodness. <laughs> the it, pot versus the pan. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're giving out Erica is giving out ideas now. Every single time we talk, she's giving out ideas. So you better write this down. That's a great blog. The pot yeah. versus the pan. Potty yeah. training versus pandemic. It'd be yeah. cute. 
they, they can they both be, be somatic. So <laughs> I, I agree. It's a, a great marriage. <laughs> yeah. So we're just, no. So we're just, I want you to open up and just share a little bit about more about who you are. So our audience can get to know who you are before we get into what you're here about your story, about your journey. Um, okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so my name is Terry Lee. I am um, originally from Kentucky. Yeah. Um, and yeah, look, I, most people are like, really? <laughs> I like, what? Um, <laughs> well, I'm from Omaha, yeah. Nebraska, so I get it. You do. Yes. It's one of those places that isn't typically, you know, yeah. I like it though, Nebraska. <laughs> um, I am a wife to a tall, dark, and handsome man. I'm a mother to three. I have twin daughters and a son. So I never got to say I have one child because my first pregnancy was twin. So they, 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 I tell them all the time, you, you got to talk to God about why you weren't the only child. It wasn't me. So <laughs> you've got siblings. We're going to work this out. I'm also a, a lifelong student. I have a PhD in practical theology and I am with, and what that basically is, is it's a, it's an interdisciplinary degree. It's an interdisciplinary look at theology. So I am research-based. So I look at sociology, psychology, and theology, how you actually live what you believe mm. um, as opposed to what you say. So my, my PhD dissertation was actually on African-American women who came of age during the civil rights movement and the practical theological tools of resiliency that they used to overcome what could arguably, arguably excuse me, be one of the most trying and triumphant times in African-American history. So I have always had a love for women's stories. I've always had a love for my elders. When I was a little girl growing up in Kentucky, my grandfather used to sit on the porch in the summers and tell me stories about segregation and desegregation. And I always loved it. Like I I didn't want to go play. I wanted to continue to hear the stories. So I've actually carried that love for stories Mm. and storytelling on into my adulthood. Mm. So that has definitely (laughs) woven itself into my life. Yeah. So that's just a little bit about me. Just a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. And and, and I tell you, she's multifaceted when she said that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. I have a women's group for mothers called She's Multifaceted. Just kind of acknowledging how mothers, we we just can't be one-hit wonders. Even if we want to, we just have to multitask and and just highlighting and uplifting the multifaceted woman. So that's what she's referring to with She's Multifaceted. Yeah. When you said that, you know when you, when, when I use form that group and I invite me to that group I felt like a validation so okay I don't mm. just have to be one thing you know I know I'm a mom yeah. you know I said I know I'm a business owner I'm a teacher I'm a wife and all these other different hats that we wear absolutely <laughs> and then we wear the same hat at the same time <laughs> at the same time and try to fit through doors with hats this high you know absolutely yeah yeah so and I think, think when you become a mother, you just add another hat to it. As women in general, we are multifaceted in that area. So mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know anything you, you to add to her story, add in questions, Erica, because I'm going to, before I go into I mind. just love it. I mean, I just love what she stands for. She stands for women. What a time for you right now, Teresa. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. 2021 is mm-hmm. the year of the female, and I, I'm so <laughs> loving it. Just, I think God created us to be multifaceted because we're created to be a help to mm-hmm. our husbands anyway. We have to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If you're going to be a help to somebody, you have to be able to multi multitask and be able to handle a lot all at once and be graced for it and be graced for it. So I love it, girl. I can't wait to hear more. (laughs) Yes. So, um, so tell us how you came to that point of just going that direction. So 
I was what? Over 30 when I got married. And shortly after found out I was pregnant and I went to my doctor actually couldn't get me in until like two or three months away. They were booked. So I just went to a clinic and I said, Hey, I think I'm pregnant. And they said, okay, sure. We'll, we'll come see you. And I was like, great. But they didn't do a test. They did an ultrasound. So in 24 hours, I knew I was having twins. They were like, we, we see two. I was like, two what? (laughs) (laughs) You see, see this one, see this two, those are babies. I was like, oh gosh, are you kidding me? So after that, my husband and I just went to the beach and we just kind of sat and kind of allowed it to sink in that we, not only were we about to expect, you know, another person, but we, we, we were two. So I was saying, babe, can you believe I have two people inside of me? Wow. Can you believe it? Like, it just did not resonate to me. And a lot of people talk about, you know, in cliche statements, how motherhood is one of the greatest things of their life. They didn't live until they became a mother. They didn't know what selflessness was until they became a mother. But I have to be honest with you, I had a great life before I was a mother. I had a great career before I was a mother. And when I had my twins, because my pregnancy was a high-risk pregnancy, and even my twins spent 29 days in NICU, I had to cut my career short. Wow. So I decided wow. to step back. I was a professor at the time. I decided to step back and stop teaching and focus on my children. My husband and I had a conversation and decided for the first two years that I would stay home with them, which wow. was fine with me. However, once you get into it, I didn't realize just how traumatic the transition would be. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, we had some horrible catastrophe that happened, but just the social and the emotional adjustment of going from a working person to now staying at home all day with two people, two little people who all they do is what, eat and sleep and demand of you, you know, for me. new bosses. (laughs) My new bosses, you know, so my time was no longer my time. I would make plans and say, okay, I'm going to read a book today. You know what, today I'm going to wash my hair. Today I'm going to, and those plans would quickly be interrupted. Mm -hmm. So I, not only did I lose my sense of self, I lost my own control of my own time and my own space. So for me, I want to be a voice to those mothers who, it doesn't mean I I hated my children. It doesn't mean I don't love being a mother, but Mm -hmm. it does mean that while people are saying, enjoy every minute, that every minute isn't enjoyable. And it's okay to admit that. Mm -hmm. It's okay Mm -hmm. to admit that because sitting Mm -hmm. in that truth, allows you to enjoy those enjoyable moments even more when you don't have to pretend you don't have to pretend like the day that they they bit you spit up on you and had a blowout was great because it was not (laughs) it was not fun times two honey remind them times two (laughs) times Times two two. yes okay and the great news is the great news is I, i i breastfed for the first three months So on that fourth month, when I stopped breastfeeding, of course, my womanly flow came back and I was able to get birth control. Well, when I went to get birth control, my doctor said, hold on. (laughs) You're pregnant again. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry I'm laughing, but that's just... (laughs) So (laughs) in 14 months, I had three children. Wow. So you're in the same. And, go ahead, Marlene. Go ahead. I'm speaking this right now. I, can't, I, can't. I know it baffles people. It's, she's she's stuttering. She doesn't really know what to say. She just knows she should say something. <laughs> something comforting. Something comforting, Marlene. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm hugging woo, you. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> 
Love yourself. Love yourself. Oh my goodness. I'm enjoying this group hug. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. (laughs) Yeah. So, so in 14 months, I had three kids, and I tell people all the time, I say, of course, my story isn't unique because I'm sure there are other mothers out there, but it's definitely not common. It's Mm -hmm. definitely not common. So, I did have to address those feelings of loneliness, of um, feeling isolated, Mm -hmm. of feeling like, because you know, when that, that, third child came with my second pregnancy my two years started over yeah. <laughs> yeah. exactly so, wow i was thinking that so, like, yeah. you know my plans were, were, were getting thrown out the window constantly getting thrown out the window mm-hmm. and with my twins coming two months early there were doctor's appointments there were just a lot of follow-up to make sure that they maintain good health which they which they did thank god but it was also a lot of work on the front end with me going to doctor's appointments and and my husband was there with me however my husband's body didn't change my husband didn't have to give life and sustain Mm. life you know um and we don't while we love and glamorize the idea of 50 50 it's just physically impossible Mm -hmm. it's just impossible so I also had to mourn my ideal of a 50 50 marriage because it wasn't 50 50 my husband had to still go to work and I had to stay home with the kids I still had to nurse them. I still had to take them to the doctor. Even if he met me there, it still wasn't 50, 50 because I had to get him dressed and get him in the car, mm-hmm. you know? So there That's were a, a lot of, it is, and it is a process with two, you know? And then the double stroller is not exactly the lightest thing in the world to pick up while you're expecting another, wow. you know? So, so I always wanted to speak for those mothers who maybe had a, a bit of a hard transition. And it doesn't, again, it doesn't mean we hated our children or we didn't want to be mothers, but it does mean that we needed a little bit more support in that transition. We needed a little bit more help in how to juggle this multifaceted journey that we now embrace, (laughs) but we don't always smile about it. Let me ask you something. Teresha, let me ask you something. Was there ever a point where, you know, you were just like, look, I need a moment to myself. And were you ever able to get those moments even if it was five, 10, 15 minutes of a moment to yourself that wasn't a nap time for a kid, were you ever able to do anything like that for yourself? Sometimes. 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 It wasn't um, frequent. It, it wasn't frequent and it wasn't consistent. Um, okay. Usually showers. Showers were usually my, my alone time. Showers were usually my decompressing time. And I would usually, and you know what? And I, I unfortunately, one of the things that I learned was how to cry quietly. I knew you were going to say that. Mm-hmm. How did I know you were going to say that? I learned how to cry quietly because I didn't want to disturb, disturb others. I didn't want people to think that I didn't love my husband. I didn't want people to think that I didn't love my children, mm. but I was in a place where this is a lot. Yeah. And people, people did offer to help me, Erica. People would offer to help, but, but here's what I learned in this season. People want to help you how they want to help you, not how you need help. Exactly. Wow. Say it again. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. I would I would say you listen, honestly, I don't need help with the children because they're gonna sleep. As soon as I finish nursing them, they're gonna sleep. What I could use help with is maybe tidying up the kitchen. My husband's gonna come home and cook because my husband's a phenomenal cook. Mm-hmm. And he had he, we never had strict gender roles in our marriage. So my husband would come home and cook, but I would tidy up the kitchen. Can you just help me with that? And someone would come in and say, well, I don't really want to do that. I came to help you with the baby. Mm. Mm. So what do you do? Do you say, no, don't help me? Do you turn the help away? Or do you just say, okay, you know, well, we'll help in whatever way you'd like to. Wow. Sure. sure. Yeah. 
Mm, yeah. I mean, what is the definition of help if you're not doing something to ease the person's burden? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. If it's yeah. if it's something that is not going to actually ease the burden, you're you're typically you're supposed to ask. You know, what is it that I can do to help ease the burden, burden of what yeah. you're dealing yeah. with? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, I, I did have that question. I, I had that conversation with you know trusted family members that I felt like I could be vulnerable with. Yeah. And I said, now how yeah. does this work exactly? Because I know what I need but I also know what you're offering. Well, how does this work? And I was told, accept what I give. Oh, honey. So what Ooh, does that honey. mean to a mother who already feels suppressed and depressed? It makes me say, don't ask for help. Don't ask for help. That's like saying I need new furniture for my house and you got a couch already and you need a dining room table and a chair and, a ta- and everything else and a new TV and they buy you another couch. Yeah, you don't need that. It is. <laughs> yeah, it's it like is. you have all these other things behind you that you don't have. And you the one thing that you are able to say that you have is a couch and they turn around and they buy you a couch. Yeah. Wow, that's but crazy. But you know what, Erica? We support this. It's almost a societal norm. As soon as you have the baby, because we're all mothers here, right? Uh, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. No, not yet. However, however, but I am in the process right now. Let me mm-hmm. just say, so keep me lifted in prayer. We're yeah. fertility well, doing all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. In, yeah. the, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> one, of the, one of the first things they say after you have the baby is, how's the baby? Oh, girl, we, we ain't calling about you. How's the baby? Exactly. We didn't mm. call about you. Yeah. But what that does is it begins to make you feel like you don't matter. Mm -hmm. How you feel doesn't matter. And one of the things that I heard time and time again was, it's not about me anymore. It's about the baby. My mother said that already. That's crazy. My mom said that to me and I don't even have one yet. She said, once they're here, it's not going to be about you anymore because I'm going to be calling about them. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And And I am, I am boldly and proudly against that mantra. I don't support it. And I do not think it is a healthy mantra. I think the best thing I can do is be a healthy model to my children. Yes. And it is about me. Yes. Because I can't, I can't care for my children on my deathbed. I can't yep. care for my children from a hospital. As of now, with COVID, even if I go to the hospital, you can't come see me anyway. So there's exactly. nothing I can do for you. Sick, dead, or dying. Yeah. So yeah. I think there has to be a healthy balance. That doesn't mean I neglect my children. That doesn't mean I don't provide for them, but it does mean if we have to decide between mommy getting five minutes of quiet or you going to the park for a second time today, mommy's going to have to have her quiet. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? Yeah. We'll go to the park tomorrow. Yeah. I promise. Yeah. But no yeah. child has ever died I'm from not, not being park. able to go to the park. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, I understand. You have to learn you, to prioritize. You know, and I understand what you're saying about that, you know, like having to quiet, quiet, quiet. <laughs> quietly, you know, because mm-hmm. you don't want to you know because you're the strong one, you know, yeah. <laughs> and the, you know, yeah. and you have to take that time. And I remember when I, my, you know, it's always good to my I was going to, into therapy. My we said you need to take care of yourself too because they need a healthy mm-hmm. mommy. You know, <laughs> you can't help yeah. them if you're not healthy. So you have to take Absolutely. time. So if it means you know, like the quiet right now, even today, my son is I'm going to be seven, but. My shower time is usually also my quiet mm-hmm. moment time mm-hmm. to just like yeah. get away and I can lock my door and it's okay. I'm going to take as, you know, I, the five or 10 minutes that I need, you know, even though somebody come to the door, like, mommy, <laughs> knocking yeah. on the door. Like, that happens too. Yes. <laughs> 
Yeah, my kids would come in and, mommy, and pull the curtain back now. You know, they're old enough now. They're like, hey, mommy, I wanted that juice. You didn't get it. You know what, (laughs) Sharisha, this is the thing that I learned. And you know what, I don't have any children, but this is one thing that I'm picking up just by listening to you. You know, one of the things that I remember experiencing with one of my family members that I didn't realize was the problem with, you know, the way that people were dealing with me when it pertains to me needing help and me, you know, wanting someone to call me and ask me if everything's okay with me. I don't have children, but sometimes you just need that. But one of the things that I notice about you, you're extremely driven. You know what you want, you go after it and you handle your business. And you're one of those people probably that really don't need nobody to tell you the green light go. You kind of do it on your own. <laughs> and my and I'm the same way. I'm the, I'm the hurrah, hurrah, the cheerleader for everybody else. And whenever anybody's going through something, I'm the person that they call because I'm the, I'm the person that's going to help you get exactly. through that moment. And my cousin told me this one time because I broke down and told her, I was like, you know, I'm having a hard time and sometimes I need the same thing that I give everybody else. And she said something to me that stayed with me forever. She said, when you're so good at doing it for everybody else, people don't think that you need it. They think you can do it for yourself. Mm -hmm. And just by talking to you and listening to your personality and your strength and your resilience as a woman, not just as a mother, but as a woman. I believe that a lot of people around you probably think you got it together because you've always given off the energy that you can take care of it Mm -hmm. and that you will figure out a way to do it. So it's not more so like they don't want to help you. They feel like, well, there's probably really nothing big I can do (laughs) because she is superwoman and she got Mm -hmm. it under control. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But the problem is sometimes... People need to just understand that it doesn't matter how together a woman is and how strong and driven they are. It's always good to have that person come and say, is there something I can do to help you? Even if it's to help you be better, even if it's to help you rest, even if it's to help just get you through the next five minutes, is Mm -hmm. there something I can do to help you? And Mm -hmm. I mean, just listening to you and just hearing you, I felt like that was something that I needed to say is that you give yeah. off that energy, girl. I do too, but you yeah. do, but you don't you mean- You know what, Erica? At the end of the day, we, we, we still have to get it done. Yes. Whether they yes. help us or not, whether exactly. they comfort us or yeah. not, mm-hmm. whether they give us a hug or not, we yep. still have to get it done. Yeah. But people don't know the strength because we are really good at showing that we can do it. And they think that because we're doing it, we're fine, but yeah. we're not. Yeah. We're just doing what yeah. we got to yeah. do to survive. Mm-hmm. So- yeah. And yep. there's no shame yep. in asking specifically what you need, as you said. Yeah. Because I remember mm-hmm. one of my friends, she like, what can I do to have when I first had my baby? And I told her, I'm having trouble falling asleep because I'm worried that something is happening to this child while I'm sleeping because I was coming from having a miscarriage and I was have anxiety about him. So uh-huh. she actually sat in the room and watched my son as I was sleeping in that same room so I can oh. sleep. So she said, go ahead and sleep, pull up the light. I'm just going to be listening to you. friend. And I was like, okay, but you need friends like that who will say, okay, you need, you know, okay, go yeah. to sleep. I'm mm-hmm. watching. He's going to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So she left yeah. her own babies at home to come and watch me sleep for an hour. Because <laughs> you wouldn't have had yeah. any peace. She knew that you need, she needed to be there because let's just be true. If you did fall asleep and you didn't know, you wouldn't have been able to sleep peacefully. Mm-hmm. You were yeah. able to sleep really peacefully. Yeah, knowing yeah. that it was wow. Yeah, I understand, Marlene. I actually checked my. I used to put my finger under their nose because they would be so still and so quiet, and I would just go check. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, they're good. They're good. They're good. They're, so I, I get it. There is that because my my twins came home at four pounds. Wow. Four pounds, and they were barely barely drinking an ounce of milk every three hours. Mm-hmm. So I think they were drinking like an ounce, then like a, just a little over an ounce. So I was very okay. I got to make sure mm-hmm. I do everything right. I got to make sure I, you know, because the doctor said if they lose weight, they're going to have to come back. So I didn't want them to lose weight. I, I had to make sure they were fed. I had to make sure. And and the truth of the matter is that when the novelty run, wears out, before that novelty runs out, I had family, I had friends. I had an amazing cousin who came down and watched both my twins while I took a nap. Yeah. Wonderful girl. One, love her to death. Mm-hmm. Or life, mm-hmm. I should say. <laughs> but when that novelty wears out and they're about six months old and then they have that three-month-old brother behind them and, you know, or, or uh, the girls were one when he was born. So yeah, just that regular day-to-day, it's like, somebody, just come get them. <laughs> just sit them down and make them eat. I don't want to clean it up off the walls and the floor. And, you know, sometimes it's just in the regular day where mm-hmm. you're just like, yeah, help. So I, feel like, I feel like motherhood has been a really big part of your journey of where you are right now. Yes. Yeah, so it absolutely you. has. It absolutely has. And it's come with some great lessons. It's come with challenges, but I've learned some great lessons. Definitely. Okay. So you know what I'm going to ask, right? Can you share some yeah, of those lessons? Yeah, care to share? Care to share? Oh, <laughs> you know, some of those lessons. Care to yeah. share? Yeah, because you know, you know, we're, you know, we can always learn. <laughs> so well, okay, I'll about. start with one of the most unexpected ones. It has taught me how to be assertive. Mm. I didn't expect motherhood to teach me that I can't be passive in conflict. Because I am sometimes up to four, maybe even five people's voice in that day. My three children and my husband. Sometimes I have to speak on behalf of my entire family. So I can't be passive to appease you if it is discomfort to us. Yeah. So even with my children and their care, I've had to be assertive with doctors who dismissed me because they either thought I was younger than I am, because I'm closer to 40 than I am 20. But people like to think, oh, who is this little girl? <laughs> yeah, I believe I've gotten those exact words. That's why wow. I use that. Term. I've gotten those wow. exact words. Um, but sometimes people are, can be quite dismissive of you and your concerns about your children or even your requests of your children. Mm-hmm. There's certain things that I have specifically asked my children cannot participate in or my cho- I ask my children not to eat or drink or whatever it may be. And some people are like, oh, this is these are my babies. This, this is my. And I've learned that I have to kind of know mm-hmm. I said he cannot have that. Mm-hmm. And that's something I just did not expect. That's something I did not expect. I expected wow. doctors to listen to me as their mother and their caregiver. I expected family members to respect boundaries. Mm-hmm. And in most cases, they have. But there have certainly been cases where I'm starting to sweat, my heart beating fast, because I know in this moment that I'm going to have to become more assertive and let you know that I am not playing. And you cannot do that. You will check my child again because something is wrong. Yeah. Mm. Wow. So even to the point, I remember I quoted a, a, a research article to, my, to a doctor at one of my son's appointments. And the doctor got so flustered because she wasn't aware of it. And I said, in no way am I trying to negate your medical degree. But I am saying that the highest statistic of this particular disease is an African-American voice. So have you considered that and mm-hmm. what your care would be if this is the case? Mm-hmm. Because we don't know what it is. And she looked at me and then proceeded to talk to my husband the rest of the appointment. Y'all, she wouldn't even make eye contact. Wow. Wow. You don't go to her anymore, do you? No. <laughs> okay. As soon as you said no, that, I was like, no, oh. no, no, no. 
Wow. Yeah. You know, I know you're feeling about that too. I remember when I would walk into the doctor's office and be like, oh, so what? Because I for his shot, and I would tell him exactly what shot I wanted to get, which one. They're like, okay, so which shot Adam's getting today? And I would say this one. And then that's because I'm not going to, I had my own yeah. reason. So it was like, I had to like really be assertive. And I, and usually I'm like, okay, go ahead, but this is my son. You can do yeah. what you want to mean. This is my yeah. son. <laughs> yeah. yeah so. And I had to learn quickly. Nobody is going to love and care for me the way I do. Mm-hmm. I know people love him, and I know people love my, my, my daughters as well. But I loved him before you even knew he existed. Mm-hmm. You know, like I knew yeah. he was here before mm-hmm. you even knew he existed. Mm-hmm. So there is a protection that comes with that. There's a love that comes with that. So it certainly required me to be more assertive, but it also required me to be clear on my identity because mm-hmm. identity is fluid mm-hmm. and it can change with seasons. And that isn't being fake or phony or, but it is adjusting to your season. Mm-hmm. 10 years ago, I never would have identified myself as a mother. I never would have put any mother, mother-like characteristics in my identity. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> I've had to be fluid with how I define myself. Mm-hmm. And that's something that motherhood has helped me do. Because again, I've had to learn to be a bit more assertive. I had to learn to articulate in a manner that says, you are not going to dismiss me or my children. I've had to learn how to communicate in conflict with my husband because he may see it one way and I may see it another. And it doesn't have to be a knockdown, drag out fight. Yeah. It can be a discussion, you know, mm-hmm. but sometimes yeah. we're modeled unhealthy conflict. Mm-hmm. So we only see fighting as fussing and cussing and, you know, okay, you sleep on the couch and no, you're not going to sleep on the couch. You're going to sleep right here in this bed with me and we're going to mm-hmm. talk about it. Mm-hmm. So what are we going to do? How are we going to handle this moving forward? Cause we have, we're on the same team. Mm-hmm. We have to move forward as one, not as, okay, I'll begrudgingly come along, mm-hmm. but how can we do this? So it's improved my husband and I's communication tremendously. Okay. Wow. Not a lot. That's one thing about being assertive. <laughs> <That's you. laughs> yes, one. I'm sorry. One, one. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. It's still part of the same story of being motherhood. That's one that's thing. Okay. You can being assertive. Yeah. And they had A, B, C, D, E, F yeah. all down the side. You know, all, all the way I, down to probably M. Yeah. Now, often is that the checklist of, okay, this is, you know, oh, okay. It's like affirming yeah. you know, me also. So I'm like, learning. I'm not a mom yet, but I'm listening, like mm-hmm. intently listening mm-hmm. because I'm learning <laughs> some stuff because like I said, I'm on a fertility journey. That means yeah. I might have multiples mm-hmm. right off the bat. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm listening intently to what yeah. you were saying yeah. because I have the same kind of personality that you have. Like mm-hmm. I'm very driven and I'm always doing stuff mm-hmm. and I'm a strong mm-hmm. personality too. Yeah. And I don't yeah. like to have to use it, but I, you know, for so long I was so quiet that mm-hmm. I had to start using it because I yeah. felt like people just weren't listening. And then it just stayed that way. Mm-hmm. You know, it yeah. just, it's like, you're going to listen to me. You're going to respect me because I'm a grown woman now. Mm-hmm. I'm not a kid anymore, mm-hmm. you know? Uh-huh. And so it's like, and plus I'm like, I'm a grown woman. It's funny that you said that they look at you and they're like, oh, look at that little, little girl kid. over there. But I'm like, I may be a little girl in your eyes, but I'm a grown woman with kids, bills, and a husband. You know what I'm saying? I had uh-huh. to say that to, I had to say that I to my family one day. I had to say that to my family one day. I'm like, y'all need to stop looking at me as baby girl because this girl ain't playing house. I got a real husband at home and bills. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah, you know what I'm there saying. I'm like, I'm like, like I'm Barbie in my house. <laughs> you know, Marlene, like I'm like I'm Barbie in my house playing in my little pink Corvette. 
That is not what's going on here. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah. So girl, I get it. I I just think it's yeah, it is a smooth skin because like when Mm -hmm. I'm going, she's gonna be like, no, you know, this is like I'm I'm getting a little sad because like you know, this is my last season of the 30s. (laughs) Yeah. Is it? Yeah. How old are you now, Mar? I'm 38, I'm gonna be 39. Oh, baby, can I do my silly color purple hand clap? <laughs> Joining. <laughs> so I was like, oh. I, but the thing is, I feel 25, so I don't, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't understand. Like I, I'm, I, just getting, I'm just getting started. What do you mean? I'm just getting, getting married. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. let me tell you guys something from the 40 Club. You know, in your 30s, you know who you are, and you just aren't budging you like in your third no in your 30s a duck is a duck you don't look at something mm-hmm. and analyze it and think it's good it's not what you see it being when mm-hmm. you're in your 30s you're like that's a duck mm-hmm. that ain't no chicken that ain't no no that's a, that's not a hen that's a duck and you keep it moving mm-hmm. when you're in your 40s you know who you are and you're you're unmovable mm-hmm. nobody's gonna tell you about you <laughs> And I'm saying that because I'm in my 40s and nobody can tell me about me. And as much as my family thinks they know me because I've been around them all my life, I'm like, there's a difference between the woman that was 20, 30, and 40. There's situations that happen in between that time that developed and created who I am now. Doesn't mean I'm the same girl that I was back then. I'm different. So from the 40 Club... I'm gonna welcome y'all with open arms when you get there. <laughs> it's the best, man. I'm not gonna lie. I miss my 30s, but when I hit my 40, I was like, I kind of like this. Mm-hmm. I do. I love it. Yeah. So hey, I'm gonna take your word for it. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> like, I don't lie. I don't tell no lies. <laughs> oh it is. So we're I'm just gonna get back us back in track because we've been like talking to and I know we can t- go more deeper into that story but I want to know how that did this whole journey define or redefine your vision of you of God mm-hmm. mm, that's a good question that's a good question it definitely required me to seek God in a different way mm-hmm. because I was used to I was very active in church my first full-time job out of undergrad was working for a, chapel, a university's chapel and so you know I was used to seven days a week services if not services meetings you know, so I was very active in church life, but I was also very active in my own spiritual development personally. When I had my twin, going to church every Sunday wasn't so easy. Volunteering mm-hmm. for greeters and ushers and leading a Bible study wasn't easy. I remember the first time I went back to Bible study when my twins were born, after my twins were born, and they fussed the entire time. They fussed the entire time to the point where I moved from my seat to the back. I went from the back to the lobby and just tried to listen while I rocked them to the fact that I finally just left. And they were quiet the whole ride home. And I was like, and I cried because I said, I just want to go to church. I mean, what was so wrong? I just want to go to church. And I remember crying on my way home. So they changed how I engaged not only with God, but with other believers. Uh I don't know if I was ready for that. I kind of liked the way I engaged with God and believers before I had children. But this required a deeper knowing. There's a scripture that says sometimes you have to encourage yourself. And the Lord, I had yeah. to learn how to encourage myself. Mm-hmm. Because when I had kids, there was nobody else around me having kids. Mm-hmm. My friends were all newlyweds, but they didn't have kids yet. Or they were engaged. 
So it was kind of like, Teresa, you want to come? Oh, bring the twins because it's cute. But then when it's time to eat or talk or have fun, it's like, oh, here, take your kids. <laughs> so then I can't, you, you know, can't, it's, it's yeah. harder for me to participate, you know, but y'all said y'all was going to help me if I brought twins, mm-hmm. you know? So then I, I kind of stopped taking as many social engagements. But what it did for me was it required me to trust God further than what I could control or what I could see. So it honestly made me question, did I truly have faith before I had kids or did I just have some type of security in what I could control? Because when you know when you're single or even when you're married without kids, you still have a a level of control over your Mm -hmm. life. When you have kids, these are whole people, y'all, that may or may not do anything you say or do. Like, okay, sit down. No, I want to jump off a bridge. Wait, why? No, don't do it. Let's see if I can fly, mommy. No. You cannot control it. Their health, you can't control it. Their checkups, you pray that they're all well, but they may not be all well. There's a different level of faith that was required of me to trust God, even when I couldn't control or manipulate the situation. And I think that that has actually kept me in an even better way during this pandemic than some of my friends. Wow. Because I had to learn how to be okay with uncertainty. I had to learn that whatever God brought me to, he would sincerely bring me through. Even can you if rewind that? Can you say that again? <laughs> say that again. Repeat that. You have to be okay with what? Girl, that was a word. That was a word. Say that again. You have to be okay with what? Whatever God brought me to, he would bring me through. Mm-hmm. Amen. But here's the thing, y'all. Sometimes I got through it with some scratches, with some bumps on my head, with some bruises. Mm-hmm. That didn't mean God didn't keep me mm-hmm. because I still had my life. Amen. I still had Amen. my health. Yeah. You know, my even if my health was taken from me in a season, it was restored. Mm-hmm. But I had to learn how to trust him through that. And I'm, I'm still learning how to trust him with my babies how to trust him with myself and my marriage. Because Mm -hmm. even through all this of raising children, I still had a marriage and a husband I was trying to, you know, like, keep up with, date every once in a while, love. You know, there's levels to this thing. Mm -hmm. So it did change your marriage. Yeah. It did change your marriage. Oh, yeah, it does change. I know that it does, but I just wanted, you know, I wanted to touch on that for the people that are listening. You know, having children changes your marriage. Mm -hmm. It changes... You know, I tell my husband all the time, I'm like, we want to have kids this year. You, we are a very lovey-dovey couple. I'm like, this is going to change. Mm-hmm. This is going to be you. different because my love is going to be focused not toward you all the time. It's going to yeah. be, it's going to have other people to focus on. And that's one thing okay. my mom told me also. He's like, you know, yeah, your husband's going to be a little bit jealous. But I said, that's his baby. Like, yeah, they're going to be a little bit jealous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the same attention, you know. Sure and I is. had that, you know, conversation where you're, you're always focused on him. I'm like... But I'm thinking he's more fragile right now. <laughs> so let me ask you something, Teresha. You know, when you when you are a woman, when you are a superwoman and a super mom up in that mix, doing all of that stuff, do you feel like you have to work harder on your marriage or it's hard to work on it at all? Mm. Ooh, let's see. You know what? I have to be conscious so that I so that it doesn't become an afterthought. Mm. I have to be conscious of, okay, now we're in a pandemic. We have three small children. We're not going to be able to go out on a date night, but what can I do at home? Just to remind him, you know, babe, I love you. Babe, I appreciate I had to, because you're absolutely right, that cuddling changes, the time of day changes. Just today, my husband woke up Saturday, you know, wanted to sleep in. He rolls over. The twins are in between us. 
Wow. Well, I don't know what you was planning, sir. <laughs> but uh you know and it, it happens you know it happens so you know we have we have to kind of adjust we have to adjust our affection we of yeah. course we want our children to see us being affectionate with one another because we want them to grow up and have a spouse that is affectionate mm-hmm. and not ashamed of that mm-hmm. but it we definitely have to you know what i had to start doing erica i had to start amazoning things like amazoning a foot massage amazoning paraffin and i gave wow. him a pedicure one night I gave him a pedicure after work. I let him sit in the chair. I gave him a pedicure. And then we played chess. Mm-hmm. That was nice. a date. Yeah. That was a date because we, well, we had to wait till the kids went to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't anybody we could ask to come out of their home, watch the kids. So we could go out of the house because mm-hmm. they have their own responsibility. Unless you, so but that was super creative. Pay, That's creative. You have to be creative with your circumstances. I mean, if your circumstances say that I have to stay home and be with my kids, but my kids are asleep and we actually have some time to be creative mm-hmm. is a blessing too. That's a really great idea. And you know, what are some other things that you can like, got, like give us suggestions? Yeah, she's giving the practical advice. <laughs> Who's struggling? <with> <laughs> yeah, I'm listening. I'm like, I, I made friends with other wives. I made friends with other wives. Now here's the thing. We are in a social media age, so everybody's advertising. But some of my most successful ventures are things I've never advertised on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I'll mm-hmm. give you an exclusive, uh, exclusive <laughs> access to this one. Okay, I actually have founded a group almost a year ago called Christian Wise Wives. Mm-hmm. Christian Wise Wives meets once a week. It's seven married women. We meet, we talk. Girl, did your husband do this? Does my husband did this? Am I crazy or did this happen? What, what did you pray? What did you cook last night? We talk about everything. And it was one of the best decisions I could have made because mm-hmm. what it did was it required, it allowed me to sometimes talk about some things that weren't worth an argument, but I just needed to talk out because mm-hmm. as a woman, we just need to, need to talk. Yeah. Hello. Can yeah. the husbands, can you know? the husbands get yeah. one on that? Sometimes you don't want them to fix it. Sometimes you just need to talk. You about it. I told my husband that one time too. Hey, I don't need you to fix it. I, I just need to talk person. about it. And it's like, do you want me to fix it or do you want me just to listen? Do you want to vent? <laughs> I want you just to listen. Oh and, my God. And gosh. bless their hearts. They're such amazing fixers. Yes. And I also realized that I couldn't require everything of him. Mm-hmm. He couldn't become yeah. my everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I had to create this group of women. And I just reached out to him randomly. I said, listen, I love God. I know you love God. I love my husband. I know you love my husband. Your, your, your husband. I'm my husband. You love <laughs> yeah. your old husband. But what? But I just want to know. Let's get together because yeah. you got to be careful. You have to pre- you have to protect your marriage, particularly yeah. when you have kids. Because as yeah. unpopular as this is, Erica, kids are stressors. Mm-hmm. Kids are stressors because they require of you everything. Yeah, everything mm-hmm. to eat, to sleep, to poop, to start all over again, and eat, sleep, and poop again. And sometimes you even have to help them sleep. And it doesn't because stop they don't if they're six or seven or eight. And it doesn't stop. <laughs> and it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. So if you don't have the right people around you who are encouraging you to pray, okay, listen, I'm going to let you vent for a minute, but then we're going to pray when you're done because mm-hmm. you're going to go right back to your husband. He's fine. Yes, you was tripping a little bit, but he was too. And mm-hmm. we're going to make this right. Yeah. If you vent to the wrong person, they'll divide you. Exactly. Well, it took me a long time to find the right people around me to yeah. be able to do that with. And I have them, thank God, because, you know, I was a woman that just didn't have a lot of female friends. I had a lot of male friends. Mm-hmm. So once I got married, you know, I had to find that female group. And I did have, you know, a friends around me that were single like me. 
that loved him and loved me. Mm-hmm. So they never wanted to see anything bad happen because they loved us together. Mm-hmm. So they were always for us. Yeah. And that's yeah. why they stood next to me at my wedding. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I only had three bridesmaids because I wanted mm-hmm. those people yeah. that were for us next to me. So no, Absolutely. I get that. You yeah. don't want to, cause there's always going to be that bitter one that either wants your husband jealous of what you got or yeah. sabotaging or going through something and just miserable and just yeah. want someone to yeah. be miserable with them. And when mm-hmm. you're saying that, it reminds me, you know, I have a group also we meet once a month and we pray and we, you know, mashashas. So it's like we're calling. So we like, we pray yeah. for our marriage and we went through the singleness together and the marriage part. Mm-hmm. And when you feel like, okay, I'm done. They're like, no, that's, you know, they'll come and right. they, they will listen they to bring you, you back. and bring, bring you, you back. back, you know, bring you back. And then you can just say, I need someone to pray with even in the middle. And, you know, they'll be like, why didn't you call us? <laughs> you know, you know, because, but that is really, that's one of the, one thing I take away from that, that you need that support others and you just created yours yeah non-judgment non-judgment zone yeah. like your husband mm-hmm. crazy my husband crazy let's sit down and all mm-hmm. talk about how crazy our, our husbands are mm-hmm. and laugh mm-hmm. about it so that i can go back and be like you know what babe i love yeah. you we cool again right <laughs> you know what argument. you know yeah. yeah you just need to hear from another woman that she get it Sometimes yeah. it's yeah. as simple as that to be able to get through that it moment. Is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is, absolutely. And yeah. I think also that women, we speak the same language. Then your men, they speak the same mm-hmm. language. So we just figure, okay, we need a mediator. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh-huh. and if you, let's go and translate for him. Here's mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah. You know, because you might have that long-winded thought process. And you're just, you're just talking. You're not your final decision. And then to, where you come back, okay, this is the sentence. You know, you write the whole dissertation. But... I'm gonna go back, and this is what I really want to say to you. <laughs> it's not the whole yeah. entire thing. Yeah, when yeah. pour all of that onto them, to be like, where do you want me <laughs> to fit to fix? Yeah. So where do I start? Because yeah, I they guess can get lost in our words sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, so my first. So this is why I think one thing my husband would did before we would do we would write down what we want to say. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And because it more it make you more intentional. So you write on what you want to say and they will read it. So it'd be less the emotion is just okay. Then you would write out write on because I was like, this is not what I want to say. I, I wrote everything down and like, this is actually what I want to say. You know, it yeah. deterred it. So you know, it's, that just remind me of maybe I need to start back and go back and do that again. The technique. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, you get that one tip of making that friends or find that friend. I know when, when I was a military spouse, I had to just look up Facebook groups for a military spouse. And when they have outings, go out and meet somebody. And this is through where I meet other people who are like, you, you have to put yourself out there. You have to be intentional. Yeah. If you want friends, you need to be friendly, you know, and, and, and seek it out. So is there anything else that you can share with the women that would help them get through I guess, mm-hmm. our, I guess your story that we were talking about is like that journey of motherhood, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? I don't even know, you know, we, we got to there, we got to this topic. I don't know if this is what you want to share about. <laughs> it's okay. You know what? Because I always said, um, I never want um, mothers to feel like I felt. Mm-hmm. If they can help it. If, if I can help it, you know? Because I did feel very alone. When my daughters were in NICU, most of my family and my in-laws didn't even know it was an acronym. They were like, what is, what is that? So are they, aren't they home? 
So there's all that shame and guilt that comes with that. But it's a it's a process. It's a process. And what I would say to any new mother about to be a mother, already a mother, is have grace with yourself. Have peace with yourself. Remind yourself how amazing you are. Because if you rely on others to remind you, you'll forget every day. There it is. So even if you have to write it down and put it on a post-it note on your bathroom wall and move it, move it around. Don't allow it to become stale and a part of furniture, but remind yourself every day you're strong, you're beautiful, you're intelligent. You have all these amazing attributes that sometimes you can forget in between diaper changes and warming up bottles and, and watching Sesame Street for the umpteenth time. Mm. You have to remind yourself that you're amazing that this is a season. The days of motherhood are long, but the years are short. The years go by fast. Yeah. So I definitely don't want anyone to feel like somehow because they aren't enjoying every minute of it, that they are less than a a great mother because it takes all kinds. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So just stay, may try to maintain that confidence in yourself, Mm -hmm. regardless of what your day looks like. Yeah. Yep. That's really great advice like that. So is there a resource that you can recommend? I know you have your PhDs and all of that. <laughs> is there, if you can yeah. recommend one resource, I'll, I'll let you go with, I'll, I'll let you go with two. I'll let you slide with two. <laughs> <laughs> I only have one. Okay. And that is okay. prayer. Mm-hmm. Talking to God, but even in talking to God, affirming yourself in your prayer. Mm-hmm. Affirming everything that God says you are in your prayers. Because Marlene, I'm not going to lie to you. In motherhood, this little PhD had meant nothing. No, like, what is that paper? <laughs> nothing. And if I didn't put it up high enough, they was going to rip it up just like it was anything else. It meant nothing, okay? I didn't have time to read books. I barely had time to listen to audio books or, or motivational speaking. Mm-hmm. So I had to carve out prayer. Even when I was holding my babies, I'd be praying. Mm-hmm. And I'd be praying for them. I'd be praying for myself. Mm-hmm. Because one thing, my, my greatest prayer and my most consistent prayer is, Lord, just please don't let me give them a childhood experience that they need to recover from in therapy. I know wow. that's right. I'm just saying. I'm just yeah. saying. I'm learning yeah. and growing as I go, but help me not to be such a disaster that they need to recover from their experience with me in therapy. Mm. Girl, I think you got a PhD in prayer. I think you got a prayer PhD. Look, pray hard and diligent. PhD. Yes. If you cannot get it through prayer, I am a proponent of therapy. I am a proponent of therapy. Talk to somebody. It doesn't mean you're less than. It doesn't mean you're crazy. It doesn't mean therapy. It's okay. And listen, you don't have to tell everybody. If you're not comfortable with telling people, don't tell anybody. Yeah, it's you. And still go. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's okay. Because yeah. some things, in all honesty, some things you, you just can't cry out. Yeah. Some things you yeah. can't fight out. Some things you can't argue out. Some things you really need to sit before a professional, not your cousin who gives good advice, mm-hmm. but a professional. Mm-hmm. And Somebody really who's neutral. Through. Yes. Mm-hmm. Don't know you. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's so good. Mm. Ah, Teresa. Wellspring of knowledge, wisdom. <laughs> Ooh, Jesus, so, listen like, to this. We probably gonna have to have a part two one of those days down the line. So we just gonna focus only on like motherhood, and she is more than <laughs> we focus on motherhood, and that you know I think this is a rel- uh, a story that we need to know now because sometimes 
you know, if we, even if we had to go into the direction of being a mother or going through pregnancy during COVID, that's a whole mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. direction to, to, you know, you can go in different yeah. directions, but it's just like you were a wellspring of knowledge and nuggets. <laughs> Oh, how to keep Thank yourself you. healthy and sane. <laughs> exactly. How to keep yourself healthy and sane through yeah. all of it. Yeah. yeah. So how can, they con- how can people connect with you? Because I know you have a lot to do. How can they connect <laughs> with you? <laughs> so I am Teresha Lee on Facebook, Dr. Teresha Lee on Facebook and Teresha underscore Lee on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So I'm usually quite active on Facebook and Instagram. I'm on Clubhouse from time to time. But Facebook and Instagram is where you can find me the most. But I'm Terry Shelley on all um, all platforms. Yeah, just look at her up. You know, I don't know if you have any. You see all her amazing resources that she has. You know, y'all just pick on. <laughs> and they will be. They will be. Marlene will be posting them up. So if you guys just didn't get it or don't know how to spell her name, just you know, log yeah. on and, and Marlene. I'll have all of it for in you in the show notes. In the show notes. Yes. Like so any final remarks? Because we're coming toward the end. Any final remarks about this? Thank you for having me. I have enjoyed this conversation, <laughs> time ladies. This is me too. <laughs> I'm like okay, you know, this is like our second um, time. You know, we, we, it's like talking this. So like okay, I I am enjoying it. I love conversations. Mm-hmm. I love hearing other women's story because it encouraged me, and I know it's gonna encourage those who are listening right now. Oh so, yeah, you know. So, and then you know, it's just like okay, I'm not the only one that's going through the same thing. And I'm the one, I'm the opposite side of it. I'm like, so this is what I might be expected to expect. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? This is what I might be going through. So for me, it was the opposite. You know, I needed yeah. to hear that. Yeah, and you so, know what? It's the raw reality. Yeah. yeah and not the sugar-coated one, because I hear the sugar-coated stuff all the time. All the time. So all I the love time. the fact that I got the raw reality of what yeah. could possibly happen. So thank yeah. you so much, yeah. Teresha. I really yeah. do appreciate you being yeah. on today. Thank you, lady. So, thank like, you. I don't know if you said your final... Did you say your final remarks? No? That's it? Nothing? Yeah. <laughs> it is a pleasure to be here. That is my final remark. Thank you so much for having me. I really do appreciate it. all right i appreciate you being on and giving us your time and sharing your story you know and being available you know i really love hearing people's stories and you know and now i hope you had enjoyed today's episode with dr teresha lee and of how she shared her journey of motherhood and keeping herself focused mentally, spiritually, emotionally as a woman, as a mother, as a person that has so many hats that she wears. Especially you in this community, when you find yourself feeling a certain kind of way, yes, you can go to God for prayer, go to God for support, but it's also important to find a circle or a network of people that are there to help support you, whether it be personally or professionally, it's always good to have that circle of support to help you. Now, as we close this episode and as we close this month of May, focusing on mental health and mental wellness, I want to encourage you to continue to fix your eyes on God. No matter what's going on, 
I believe that he is in control. Just have your heart fixed on God and have your heart open to receive his love. Remember his heart for us to have this deeper relationship with him and also to reflect his love back to him, to ourselves, and to others. I want to remind you to speak the word of God over every area of your life because there's power in the word of God. Speak life over your mind, over your will, over your emotion, over your body. Speak the word of God. So my dear sister today, as I leave you, I encourage you to speak life. Have a great day. Sisters Speak Life is a ministry of Rose of Alpha Omega. Find out more at roseofalphaomega.org.